keep forgetting about you and Crowley's summer of love. I'm Jeremy Greer. I'm Chris Mosier. And this is Monster of the Week, the creepy but necessary podcast where Chris and I are covering every single episode of the TV show Supernatural, episode by episode. Uh, we are at the, still at the beginning of season 11, and we're having a pretty good time. Uh, I'm having a pretty good time. This is a great episode, I think. Yeah, this is a fun one. Um, we're kind of getting the ebbs and flows of the season. That's okay. We're feeling it out. Last week was a, was a kind of nothing Monster of the Week episode that tied into a little bit of a little bit of the main plot which is mm-hmm, always good mm-hmm. it had the classic vibe so i can deal with stinkers even if they have those classic supernatural vibes um so i dipped out a little bit what was around episode three where things were just really boring but hey yes. i feel like i'm back, like I'm back. three was boring uh four was great five was interesting and um six is like something i didn't expect which is a full-on meta plot episode and like mm-hmm. normally my memories of supernatural are like okay episode one two and three pretty much all tied into your meta plot and then like it starts getting loosely looser and looser and we start getting into monster of the week episodes and uh yeah this is just like full amara metatron all the time like i texted you and was like yeah they didn't they didn't hunt a single ghost in this chris they didn't hunt a wendigo anything like um i just i just want them to i hope that there's an episode this season where they where they have to find a, a missing heirloom because they already burned the corpse but the ghost hasn't gone away. You, exactly. know, I you know what I'm saying? I want yeah, that exactly. Same shit again. I love it. I love it. Uh, before we get too far into this, I want to thank the patrons over at patreon.com slash monster of the week. They donate a couple of bucks per month and uh, get all sorts of cool benefits like exclusive podcasts. Chris and I are doing series on Haunting of Hill House. We've got a complete set of podcasts on Cowboy Bebop. We've got stuff on <laughs> the Witcher books. Uh, we've got all kinds of cool stuff over there. So check all of that stuff out. You also get access to our Discord, uh, where no Hanks are allowed. Everybody, I'm That's sorry. Right. No more Hanks. Right. If you, no if you, Hanks. if you name Hank and you're in the Discord, I'm gonna put you in jail. As soon as I figure <laughs> out how to do that. As soon as we figure out how Discord works, <laughs> you're in big trouble. <laughs> but thank you to everybody that does that, and thank you if you've considered it. Uh, we really appreciate it. Chris, yes, catch us up you. on season eleven, please. All right. Last time on Supernatural. We knew that the darkness had been reborn as Amara, and we knew that Amara had gotten into the habit of devouring souls. But what we hadn't considered until now was what might be happening to all those who were losing their souls. I think we did consider it, but Sam and Dean didn't really. Uh, would they become grandparent murderers? Monster zookeepers? Would they sleep with a town's worth of wives and never call them in the morning? Or are all those things just Sam Winchester? <laughs> One thing is for sure, the deadly affinity... <laughs> One thing is for sure, the deadly affinity that Amara still seems to have for Dean Winchester, though understandable, spells trouble for the boys in their fight against the darkness. 
Yep. Uh, so this is season 11, episode six, Our Little World. This was written by Robert Behrens, directed by John F. Showalter. Came out on November 11th, 2015, in between my birthday and yours, if I'm correct on Excellent. that. Excellent. Um, I was turning uh, 35. You were turning 15. Is that correct? 2015? Yes, that's, that's correct. Okay. That is correct. Metatron returns. Castiel seeks out Metatron's help to stop the darkness. However, Metatron is pretty happy with his new life as a freelance videographer for the local news and isn't inclined to help the Winchesters or Castiel. <laughs> Meanwhile, Crowley is losing his hold on Amara. Um, I did something weird and today when I sat down to watch this episode. Yeah. And somehow started the other episode uh, and had and I don't have locally. I don't have it downloaded or I don't have my ripped version or whatever. Uh, the the, the the then like I don't have my previously on so I was very confused when we just started in the Lizzie Borden house again and I'm like wait yeah. is this like a like We're a back? gimmick episode like are we doing <laughs> yeah. a doing a thing and like and then the, further confusing me because I always write down like the location if they put it on the screen like uh-huh. we were in Fall River Massachusetts. And then when I got to the correct episode, we were still in Fall River, Massachusetts. I didn't understand yeah, what was happening. Yeah, very yeah, confusing. It's, uh, it's it's yeah, it's quite something. Uh, I was super shocked and kind of pleasantly surprised to see that they would still be sticking around in the same town, trying to figure out what was going on. They're like, it, it just seems like business as usual that they would abandon a, ca- a case at the hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred percent. So like, oh yeah, we're still here. We're still looking around. We're still trying to figure out if if Amara stole anybody else's soul and we'll get to that in one second the the cold open is very quick we see some some young i guess rebellious teenagers one of them is rebellious talking about how curfews suck and all that because i mean rebellious they're eating fucking like fritos in the dark yeah but (laughs) yeah that that thread of like moody rebellious teenagers is just running through this this uh episode anyway amara comes up to one of the girls in the park and says i want to be like you um, and then she eats the girl's <laughs> and she, we, she, we see when she returns to hell that, um, or her, or the place that she's been staying, um, she's even older now. Um, I don't know if she was young teen. Now she's older teen. Um, she is being reprimanded by Crowley who's disappointed in her for, um, for being out late and all this stuff. And I was trying to protect her. Um, he, starts to be like hey i'm still stronger than you i can, i still need to take care of you and uh this sort of ends with the the rebellion beginning where she's like yeah you're stronger than me for now yeah but like let's let's not get it twisted here and i love this um i love this interplay because they're gonna lean on this teenage metaphor quite a bit right like mm-hmm. that's gonna be a running through line throughout this to the point where like at one point when crowley's talking i'm like oh, oh okay come you've known the ch- you've known the chick for like two days like come, right. dial it the fuck down with the fatherhood stuff <laughs> um but this conversation where she comes in like and she's he's like you can't go out and kill everybody like I, that you're going somebody is going to notice and get caught and things are going to go bad for us and she's like well you told me to stop eating your demons and I was hungry what am I what else am I supposed to do like very rebellious teenager area and then he literally grounds her like he's like no you're grounded I'm going to keep you in this room and I'm like what the fuck is happening she's I don't know she's a cosmic being <laughs> like what are you grounding her for it ain't that simple um <laughs> So yeah, there's that there's, there's that play going on for, for yes. the majority of this episode. Cut back to Sam and Dean, who, as we were saying, are still in Fall River, um, but they have no new leads on anything that might have happened here. Other, you know, after they dealt with dealt with Len and the babysitter and all that, um, nothing new has come up. Sam decides that they should be calling in Cass for some help, um, and finally Dean is like, all right, all right, all right I'll give my boyfriend a call. Um, and when we find Cass. 
he has sort of become very lethargic. He's he's watching Jenny Jones in the middle of the day. Benji um, Jenny Jones. Because yes, he's like immediately right. says it's a it, this is a rerun. So he has he has seen these before. He's seen them before. <laughs> I love that Dean is like, you know, shouldn't you be watching like The Wire or Game of Thrones or you know, some some higher quality television? <laughs> I love Castiel's uh quote here of a man can't live on caviar alone, Dean. Thank you, thank you, Castiel. Beautiful. Appreciate that. Beautiful line. Real quick, before we get too far away from it, did you catch what the reason that like the at the very first when Sam and Dean are leaving the house, what Sam's lead was? Did you did you catch what they, what, what they were no, actually? No, I did not. What was so uh, Sam has, and it's just a throwaway line where Dean's like, "Well, that wasn't really a good lead." And Sam's like, "Look, it would take a soulless person to kill the household cat, okay, Dean?" <laughs> that was that was the only oh, yeah. lead. Yes, yes. And, and Dean is like, "Well, it just fell asleep in the dryer, Sam." And I'm like, "What the like?" What the fuck? How did they even find out about this? Who put this in the paper to get the Sam and Dean involved? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I'm uh, sorry. Uh, the Castiel TV stuff is it's hilarious. Like he's literally yelling at the screen, Jenny, he is not ready to be a father. Like, yeah. what are you doing, Castiel? He's really invested. Dean, I love Dean's line too of you sound weird, bad weird. <laughs> <laughs> so while while Dean is uh flirting with Cass, Sam gets a call. And it turns out that it's uh, it's the detective that they were working with previously. And unfortunately, Len from last episode is dead. Um, R.I.P. to uh, who is that guy when I hey, guess it happens. <laughs> Shit, what was his name? Jared something or other. Uh, don't he was I a was so mad about guest it. star. Um, oh, OK, that. so they're dealing with that stuff is still happening in Fall River, obviously. Mm-hmm. We cut back to Cass, who has decided that he's going to try and what he's going to go out and look for somebody he's gonna he's yeah something. yeah he's so dean basically said like hey look stop watching tv go outside get some fresh air and look for metatron like we we need you to go we need you to get off the bench and back into the game and castiel uh like tries to leave the bunker and he gets up to the stairs to the door and then starts having these horrible visions of classic like you know post-stress trauma disorder i've probably yeah, got first it's Post- first it's cast ptsd fighting uh, dean or like beating dean up when he was kind of rabid from the spell uh, when he was when he was a fish um we we've neglected to mention the fact that he's he is once again he's been a fish this entire time angel yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes a fish in a trench coat um no so he's having the flashbacks with the fight with um with dean both and then back when dean had the mark of cain and he beat up castiel so it's like both sides of it very dean focused um but also a few other things in there a few other of the the tribulations and, and some of the trauma that he's he's experienced and it all just kind of like rolls over him in this in this big wave um and this and, is yeah, brutal right like this this mm-hmm. the way that this is depicted is absolutely savage like he is you could they go when they when it's not a flashback when he's not seeing these things in his head and you just see his face like they have they have made him look gaunt like and sweaty mm-hmm. and like there's big bags under his eyes like he looks like he hasn't been sleeping i don't know if he needs yeah. to they, they've shown it's, before it, he doesn't <laughs> but i don't know what that situation is now um it's funny that they have or not funny but it's interesting that they show him almost for comic relief at first and showing he that he's sitting around watching tv all day yeah. and then very quickly turn it turn it dark like this um but before we follow through with that we go over to uh crowley and essentially Crowley's staff is being depleted. <laughs> um, things are running short here. Yeah, we also find out from this assistant demon that uh, another demon named Marco is the guy that killed Lynn. And 
Crowley tells uh, this assistant guy, who I think is unnamed, to tell Marco to keep going because if they find any of, um, I think he calls them Amara's candy wrappers, uh, basically like <laughs> these soulless husks that are that she leaves in her wake, that they could potentially alert a hunter or an angel where they are and what's going on around there. So yeah. that he he doesn't want that to happen. And uh, yeah, this guy's like because I think <laughs> Crowley is like. I told somebody to guard this door 24 seven. He's like, yeah, we don't really have the staff for that. Bar is kind of yeah. eaten all of us. <laughs> we sort of don't have the somebodies anymore. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, so, uh, after seeing that, we basically cut right to right. Sam and Dean. Right. And, um, they have examined the crime scene where Len was presumably, and it appears that he was assassinated. And I don't know because of the, the, the nature of the kill. It seems like it was an intentional thing. And we basically just learned that yeah, Crowley and the demons are taking care of this stuff. Um, and, but in fact, the smell of sulfur isn't just Sam's farts. It is, uh, it is an indication of a demon. <laughs> the, the, uh, I love the, did you smell that? It's like, yeah, either the sheriff needs to change his diet or we, da, 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 yeah. da. I'm like, <laughs> what, like in what world do you think that Got people, <laughs> This is also where they see Goldie, who is the chick that got eaten by Amara at the very in the cold open, and yeah. uh, she is basically yelling at these detectives and calling them like detective tools and whatnot. And when Sam and Dean ask about her, the cop says, "Oh yeah, she was fine this morning, and she flipped a switch and then tried to kill her mom with like a a pan or something." Um, so they immediately are like, "Oh yeah, we got to go talk to that girl." Yeah. Um, cut back over to Castiel, who, who didn't leave the bunker. He's back watching TV. Uh, he's watching the news and it's like a skateboarding dog and everything's lovely. And then with a stark commentary uh, on American society and uh, uh, the nightly news, it goes from this woman talking about how happy and great the skateboarding dog is and then turning slightly and being like, there was a horrific murder. Here's footage of a shooting. Because of certainly that is exactly how the the evening news is. <laughs> it feels like it sometimes, man. Yeah. And uh, the the more important part of all of this, besides like weird commentary that Supernatural is way too old and hypocritical to do, <laughs> um, is is when the camera kind of zooms back out and it moves over a little bit in a rearview mirror of a car. You can see the the reflection of the person videoing it, and it's our old friend Marv. Da, um, da, da. And so. Castiel like sees it and then has to rewind and then confirm it and then he is on the hunt for Metatron. Metatron for Marv, if you will, for Marv, Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> for Jake Gyllenhaal in the hit movie Nightcrawler. Um, back at the police station, our demon Marco shows up to kill Goldie. Uh, he opens up the, the jail cell and is walked in and immediately trapped by a devil's trap. Uh, and Sam and Dean come up behind him. They actually thank Goldie and yeah, like, say her like, name. Thanks, Goldie. Yeah, and I was like, <laughs> they had her, they got her in on this. this what is conversation? Because the dude flashes his eyes, right? His eyes go black, and I'm like, what yeah. possible conversation did you have with Goldie? And please tell me the rehabilitation thereof. Like, are you just going to get yeah. her to go to jail for a no. hundred years? Like, yeah. what is? <laughs> What She's what sorry. are you gonna do with Goldie, y'all? Nobody talks about that. It's it's such a it's a loose it's a loose thread. We we'll never know. Hopefully, there's some uh, there's a novelization covering it. Uh, we can only hope. <laughs> we can only hope. I would I would truly love to know. Like I mean, hey, so your soul got eaten this morning, right? All right, let us do this thing in here because like shit's about to get weird. I don't know. I don't know. So they take um, him to uh, a hotel, hotel room, room. No that they deal. that they that the tr- Wikipedia helpfully pointed out they used in season five, and I'm like, it's Would the same. Know. It's the same hotel room with different yeah. shit in it. They just it's the time. same set. <laughs> like yeah. they have four of I these. <laughs> would truly love to know how they got him out of the police station. <laughs> what did they do? Like just put gag him and just walk him out? Like what is I know the situation they've the, here? They've got the demon cuffs, but like 
like, yeah, no, no worries, officers. We're just taking this prisoner out. I don't know. It doesn't how did matter. They, it doesn't did matter. the demon cuffs stop the demon from smoking out? Is that the thing? I think so. Okay. I think so. It's like a, it's like a mini devil's trap, but it's just yeah. on your wrists. Um, so uh, they take him to the shitty hotel, and he pretty much immediately tells them about Amara and eating all the demon souls, and then her getting grounded, and kind of says because like, "Because demon souls are good." And I was like, "I know hey, a lot of people who would agree with you." Uh man, I don't like if you had the choice to eat a human soul, an angel soul, or the, I guess this is a fuck Mary Hunt, right? Like human uh, soul, angel soul, demon soul. Like which one would you get? What would you do? Like obviously, I the mean, angel soul would be the best. Human right under the demon, like way the Perhaps. fuck down at the vegetarian hamburger level what i want to know is what about a dark soul what about it <laughs> um let's so they should start I, interrogating should i play the year. music <laughs> yes welcome everybody uh, to another episode yes. of uh, don't give up skeleton <laughs> <laughs> um all right, yeah so basically he, he kind of tells him what the situation is but offers really no information yeah um and he's like all right guys like let's just get this over with like i don't want to deal with this um dean wants to kill him well, he does. And I mean, the guy tells him that uh, uh, they, Amara is with Crowley, which is pretty Oh, important. yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's sort of important. <laughs> sort of important. I yeah. forgot that we knew that, yeah. but they did. <laughs> um, and yeah, Dean's like, all right, let's kill him. He's not going to tell us anything. And then Sam, in a, in a burst of energy not heard from from since like season four or season yeah. five, is like, why don't we save them instead? Yeah, he's like, wait, we, yeah, we save people now, right? We, yeah. We're, we're back to doing that again. That's, that's right? a thing that we've agreed to do every once in a while. And, uh, and Dean, I <laughs> said we were going to save him, Dean. <laughs> this is a total aside. Did you see that tweet we got that was like, when does the nut blood joke stop? <laughs> yes, I did. I did. So, hey, you think nut blood's bad. Wait till you get to Dean. <laughs> Dean, we have to save the demons, Dean. 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 What are you doing over there? I thought we talked about this. Dean, what are you Damn doing with Sammy. that teenage girl? <laughs> <laughs> Sam, hey, right, Dean. <laughs> Sam always asks for ID, and you should too. Oh, forgot about Sam asking for ID. <laughs> Yada. I'm never going to get called again. Ma'am, I'm going to need to see some ID if we're going to take this any further. 41 years old. All right. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, ma'am. <laughs> thank you, ma'am. My name is Sam. Okay. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, for all parties involved, um, the man has already sustained a pretty gnarly looking bullet wound to the heart I, I this is something that i think that supernatural should do more of this idea of the demons walking around with like basically keeping these bodies alive like they've touched on it but like give me mm. some of that sweet body horror like let me see this weird bullet wound that is only there because the demon is just making this body like right. ambulatory like i love that shit that is it great. would be super cool and super gross to see somebody like you know, pull off a shirt and just like there's like an exposed rib cage or something. Like, exactly. Just some real yeah. Gnarly shit. Yeah. Uh, because it's you know it's easy for them to possess or something like that. Like just some some quick little thing and uh, it's a disposable body. It's easy to move around. I don't know. You know they could come up with creepy little reasons because this is in some ways supposed to be a horror show. So yeah. um, it would can, be cool to see more stuff like this. Cause, have we? Um, I know demons can possess live bodies. Like if could they just possess a corpse at this point? I don't. I wonder. I wonder because when that's Ruby, ever come up possesses the ruby that sam bones Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. she she's still alive she's in a coma yeah so i i think i think part of the the demon and the angel thing is that they have to like not i mean demons obviously don't need permission from a human soul but i think they're they're being a soul within the vessel is sort of like their gateway into it yeah 
Um, so we get a scene change, and Dean comes back, and he's like, "Yeah, I put the body in the in a hospital parking lot." It's so funny. <laughs> First of all, he jokes that he brings it to a playground, <laughs> and Sam's like, "I don't know, man. Is that a joke?" We the gates of heaven was in a playground, and we both spent way too much time at a playground. <laughs> Not even edit, lurking edit, lurking at it. <laughs> Two guys in a lot of flannel just hanging out in this children's playground. Yeah. Uh, not great. Sam has hacked this demon's phone, which is a sentence Love that it. I did not expect to actually uh-huh. utter when we started this podcast, but here we are. Um, he hacked the demon's phone and basically tracked his GPS of where he made calls and uh, aligns that, cross-references that with all of these like points of interest on the map, which he helpfully explains to Dean is a point of interest. POI is a point of interest. And Dean's yeah. like, I know what a point of interest is. Dean! I'm not going to do it again. So they find a... Um, uh, the, the, the point of interest is the Needham Asylum, yes. um, which was decommissioned in like the 1800s or something. I don't even know if that's what it was. But it was decommissioned like a long time ago, so... They're like, oh, well, that sounds like a perfect place for maybe Crowley to hang out. Um, is, this a, is this a real thing? Like, I know this is near, nearby. Uh, you, I so. know Needham is a, obviously a real place. You know, actually, I meant to look this up, but let me do it right now. Um, sure. Uh, Dane, guessing... we record the podcast. Nobody <laughs> likes the sound of you Googling, Dane. No, it's just, uh, <laughs> it's we have the, presumably the Medfield State Asylum is in Massachusetts. Uh, but the Needham Asylum appears to just be, yep, it's just a thing from Supernatural. Um, it is more than likely based on something nearby, though. Um, there was an old asylum, or old abandoned jail, I think, that I used to drive by when, when Jess and I first started dating, we would, we would meet up, like, halfway. Um, and all the time just drive by this super creepy old prison, uh, that seems like it would definitely be a, a layer of somebody on Supernatural. Um, but yeah, I don't know if, if Needham, I mean, Needham is an, is a town. Um, cool. I don't know if oh, it's supposed to be, it. yeah, yeah, not important. Uh, that's, that's where they're going to go check out. <laughs> Sam questions like, why would you even keep Amara on earth? Wouldn't hell be safer? And Dean says something to the extent of like, well, he hates it down there. Like he doesn't like to go down to hell. And Sam's like, oh yeah, I forgot about you guys summer of love together. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> They were really, they were living it up. They, they definitely had threesomes. That's just a hundred percent. They hundred percent had sex. Well, together. Eh, the problem with that is that Dean is a virgin. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, but he got, he got rehominated when he got, uh, it's not about the hymenation or the rehymen. It, well, no, I'm just classic saying classic version. When, when do you, when you turn from a demon back to a human, like when you go through that process, you are uh-huh. now a virgin. Like you get to do it again for the first time. That's yeah. how that works. That's but part he's of still, it. He's never done it. Yeah. That's, you don't see that in like the men of letters handbook or anything, but it's uh-huh. definitely there. It's definitely um, there. I feel like people get really mad when I call Dean a virgin, but, um, I'm just calling it like it is, man. I'm they looking should, at the lore. They should I'm record a podcast the- and talk about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you if you don't want Dean Winchester to be a virgin on a podcast, start your own podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. So and I res- uh, I'm not. It's not an insult. I respect him for it. I'm just saying it's what he is. We yeah. all know it. It's okay. I don't it's care fine. if he lived with Lisa. <laughs> it's 100 percent okay to be a virgin. I don't no. care if we've seen nipple play. Okay, what <laughs> if, what else did we see besides <laughs> nipple play? Not enough to confirm or deny anything. All I'm saying. All much, I'm saying. Much dang. to the chagrin of a large large part of the audience we have not yeah. seen enough to be able to confirm or that's deny right. that's right we switch over to crowley uh who is talking to amara who is uh surfing tumblr or like mm-hmm. the stupid ui version thereof that supernatural made for this particular scene and just looking at cat memes and um he's trying to kind of play the cool dad and he's like you know i can't i don't want you to see me as a monster and i'm like crowley you, you're the king of hell like you you 
you you are a monster. Like, what the fuck are you talking about right now? Like, I don't I don't understand yeah. this language. And he's like, you know, I just I just I can't have you eating wherever or whenever or when you're living under my roof, my house. And I'm this is kind of the point where I'm like, can we get past this like dumb daddy daughter stuff? Like, because yeah, and, and, yeah. this is not working for me at all. Um, but she's basically not interested. And uh, he he says, well, you know, I know you're probably hungry, so I brought in a person for you to eat as kind of a a, a gesture of friendship. And she's like. I'm not hungry. And they just have yeah. to wheel this poor fucker in a tracksuit back out of this motherfucker and RIP to that guy having the worst day imaginable. <laughs> yeah. Uh, classic, uh, classic teen rebellion. I'm not hungry move right there. Absolutely. And uh, Crowley goes on to say, like, I don't have any idea what I'm doing. I've never done this before. I'm just trying to make a connection and I'm terrified of how fast you're growing. And I, again, I'm losing patience with this entire plot line at this point. But then she brings it back and says, like, hey, you should be scared. You're only using me for my power, and I soon I won't actually need you anymore. And I like this actress. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, remembering that this is not a daddy daughter dynamic at all. (laughs) Like I don't even know where we came up with this idea from, and it sucks. Uh, Um, Yeah, she's uh, she's way too smart and way too, uh, or I don't know, smart maybe isn't the right word. Not that she's not, but when we we know that she looks in the mirror and she sees the vision of like adult. Amara, like the the darkness looking back at her. And so I think she's very self-assured, even though she knows she maybe doesn't have the wherewithal yet. She knows that she will, and she's very confident in that. Um so go back to the boys. They're loading up, trying to get ready to go against the dark dark darkness, um, against Crowley, uh, and ready to to try and presumably hit the darkness with everything they've got. Although Sam has his doubts because he doesn't think that they know anything about her which is correct true 100 um, true sam good job yeah uh dean we don't know her weakness dean, uh, dean, we just don't know have you even <laughs> id'd her yet dean um but so when, we uh, come back to- when when sam leaves though and after dean having insisted that like oh no we're going to do everything we got we have to before she gets any more powerful than she already is which does make sense like like strike while this chick is young before she gathers all her power to herself um, after Sam leaves, uh, and Dean having said that, the camera goes to, to Dean's face, and you're like, uh, he doesn't quite believe that either. He's having a lot of doubts about this entire situation. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, we go back to Crowley to kind of finish up that explanation where he's like, okay, yeah, maybe, maybe you don't need me. Um, but I have wisdom. I have experience. I survived Lucifer. I took the throne of hell. You know, I've been through the ropes a few times, and uh, I, I know the deal. Um, he he truly believes in his words. He starts that singing he that Green Day song. I walk alone, yeah. like it's just it's just Crowley yes. into the mic with the yes. rock band track. You know, behind you them. had a cool dad when he mm-hmm. listened to, to all Day. of all of the Green Day and Lincoln Park songs that played on VH1. You know, your dad was cool then. Super if cool. He watched dad. VH1 and didn't like Nelly Furtado, but he did like Green Day <laughs> and still wore a band aid no matter what. Oh, I can't handle that. Uh, he he, the what. The, the TikTok, it's just it's oh yeah, that anyway, TikTok. That's yeah, yeah, it's, it's extremely bad. Um, he uh he asked Amara for like patience, and he's like, "Hey, you give me your patience and your time, and I'll give you your, my protection until you decide that you don't need it anymore." And this time, she agrees. She goes along with this, and I think it's just because he's he's laid it out and been like, "Hey, this is a situation that you can leave anytime you want to, but use me for my experience and my wisdom, and maybe we could be partners together." Yeah. Um, finally, what we've all been waiting for, we cut back to Marv, uh, <laughs> Who's to all? Who's all in this, in that sentence? Is, is it? Cause uh, it's, Dean, it's just Dean. Cause um, it ain't me, Chris. <laughs> so he's pulling the Nightcrawler gig. 
he's listening to the police scanner and then like going to crime scenes before anybody else so we can get like the real raw footage and then sell it to police stations or not police stations to uh news stations mm-hmm. uh he's there he's seeing he's like filming this dude as he's dying takes his wallet he realizes that the dude is still alive and he's like sorry bro I'm gonna just watch you die. I can't save you. Once upon a time, I could. Once upon a time, I had that power, but I don't anymore. And then Castiel uh, splashes out of his fishbowl, and he's like, "I can." Uh, <laughs> and then he runs over, and he uh, he also tracked the police scanners to figure out where Marv would be because Castiel, thankfully, has just watched Nightcrawler, and he knows the whole. He knows all of this. He knows yeah. this whole situation. Yeah. Um, um, the music cue that they do when Castiel arrives to talk to confront uh, Metatron is one of the weirdest that I've heard in Supernatural. Like there have been a couple of times where they do this weird industrial thing, and I've called it out every yeah. single time. Like I, I'm dying to know who over there has like a weird synth that they keep going back to because what the fuck? Um, They're really trying to diversify the sound, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's 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 weird. I might cut it in because it's so fucking strange. Like. It's interesting. Yeah, and they do something I think a little bit later in this episode that's that's similar. And then in either the the premiere or, or episode two, they had that like weird like drum industrial. Yeah, that's, that's, going. that's what like, I couldn't remember if it was season the end yeah. of season ten or the beginning of season eleven. But that's exactly. And you know, I don't about. hate it. It just feels very different in a, exactly, in a way that yeah. almost like you, you notice it it kind it, you don't necessarily want sounds to take you out of a scene and it's not that it really does but it's it does stand out for sure um sorry if that noise just picked up on the mic i was pulling a sticker off my laptop professional podcaster <laughs> so uh castiel has arrived uh he runs over to heal the victim which marv is trying to record because he's i guess he's going to try to sell that too yeah uh, marv's horny you know and we he'll direct it at anything he can Unfortunately, it's not that not, not the vibe you were going for. No, unfortunately, I was going to say he's not the horniest character on this episode, but yes. you know, I'll take oh, it. Uh, Castiel gets up and slaps the camera out of Metatron's or Marv's hand, and I am fucking here for that one. Uh, and then just basically shouts at him, and this is going to set up like this 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 lengthy conversation between the two of them, which I find super interesting, even though it's just Marv being shitbag Marv again. Yeah, it's classic Marv. It's classic Marv. Before we do that, we. Uh, Dean and Sam show up at the asylum and find it completely unguarded, which is kind of strange. Um, on the inside, there is a soul projection meeting happening where a uh, unnamed demon is talking about how soul acquire soul numbers are down in the Pacific Northwest since they legalized weed, uh, yeah. which is, I guess, fine. Which <laughs> sounds really yeah. weird. Interesting that they're in Massachusetts saying all of this, which where, where weed is one hundred percent legal. Was it in twenty fifteen too? I don't know. Interesting. Yeah, I'm just curious. Yeah, but um, it's 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 funny now because it's become such a, 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 a I guess casual thing here that I forget there are certainly many places where it's still like hardcore. You go to jail for that. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's weird because when I was in Portland, Oregon, uh, like it was just fucking everywhere. Yeah, and it was it was just like and, and people like I. It's one of those things where like if somebody if some stranger handed me an edible like i'm probably not going to eat the edible like i don't i don't know what the fuck it is but like certainly not it, that definitely happened to me and like i like and i was about to like get on my flight and i was like i'm like putting in my shit back into my like suitcase or carry on or whatever and i was like i can't what the fuck am i going to do with this edible like i just have it now like i'm definitely not going to eat it like it's not no. and i'm not going to take it home with me i don't know what the fuck that is like yes, it's just a 
Weed culture is so fucking weird, man. It's bizarre. Anyway, that's so, what Castiel uh, and Marv are over here talking about. Crowley um, is is not reading the reports, by the way. He's he's yeah. reading a book, uh, and then he's done a chapter called "Why She Rebels" uh, or something like that, and how to deal with your te- rebellious teenage daughter. Mm-hmm. And Chris, mm-hmm. did I mention earlier that I was done with this joke? Because yeah, over it, over boy, it. am I done with this at this point? Uh, so we go to a, another wet pipe factory. Uh, Castiel has confronted Marv about all of his bullshit. Um, we also learned that Castiel broke into Metatron's apartment and stole back this, the tablet that's been so, missing. <laughs> so fucking good. Um, I love the I love the way this is set up with Marv. Like, I'm not going to tell you where it is. I'm not going to tell you anything. You'll have to you'll have to kill me. And he's like, I've already found it. It was under your bed. And you yeah. have bed bugs. What are you doing? <laughs> How do you keep Sam out of there? Jesus Christ. Yeah. Jesus, man. Um. So yeah, now Castiel starts kind of probing about what what do you know about the darkness. Uh, Metatron obviously doesn't want to talk, but Castiel, he puts, he flexes on him a little bit and he's like, I just want you to know that I can crush you if I want to, to which Metatron, um, says that he knows that Castiel is now too broken to do it. Um, he thinks that Castiel basically doesn't have it in him anymore to, to, to kill Marv or to even really hurt him. And as if in a response to that, Castiel starts plugging this dude. He starts he starts beating the snot out of him. Amen, brother. Amen. Me too. Yeah, I was feeling it. I was feeling the love here. Uh, even though this is Castiel like losing it, right? Like this is it's a direct. True. It is. This is this, this is, is not Castiel in his right mind. Yeah. This is him essentially dealing with his trauma. He's got mm-hmm. PTSD and this is like, uh, I mean, I don't know if it's PTSD, but he, he's he's dealt with a lot. He's gone through a lot recently. And I think he just hasn't been able to sort anything out and and having that spell cast on him, leaving him vulnerable to these these you know sort of dark emotions and actions has has really taken its toll on his mind and yeah anyway it's kind of coming out on on metatron here also like the 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 earlier part of this conversation where marv kind of defends what he's doing uh by by saying like oh you know novelty is the only currency and you know people just want trauma and Shut I, up. and I'm out here like filming blood and religion is dead and I just want it I was like please punch this man please yeah. please 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 <laughs> please punch this man uh, but it's sad to see Castiel do this because before when we've seen this it's been when he has been under the control of something else and like there's a lot in this conversation between him and Marv that we're going to cover over this episode where. Marv is saying like your 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 strings are being pulled, or you know you're under the influence of this, and that's why you can't do that. Like Metatron is constantly trying to manipulate Castiel into doing what he wants him to, and Castiel is not even hearing any of that. He is just beating the shit out of this man. It is crazy. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, so cut back to that's that's always my transition. I gotta I gotta guess get some better ones. We're back with Dean uh, and Sam, and Dean lures out. A demon guard by playing a voicemail that he had of Crowley talking to his phone. Uh, so that lures out the guard, and uh, while he's distracted, Sam comes in and tackles the dude and takes him down. Um, Crowley, and- it, the voicemail is Crowley complaining about having to pay for Dean's outrageous drink bills at the end of That's the night right. while he goes home That's with right. women, which is also very funny. Yeah, which is funny because he's a virgin. Um, so. Uh, while uh, Sam is, is tackling this demon, uh, Dean goes to Amara's room. And, yes. Um, yeah, shit is about to get a little weird. He uh, he brings out the demon knife, and Amara is just kind of sitting there, standing there, staring at him. And he immediately says, "Like, I'm sorry. 
she says, sorry for what? He goes, for what I'm about to do. And that's where Crowley pops in. And he uh, sends Dean flying into the mirror. So no more, no more mirror gazing for Amara. Um, and then holds him up to, pins him to a wall and starts talking about his, um, his doubts in himself when it comes to Dean. Because he's had multiple occasions over the years to kill Dean Winchester and never mm-hmm. has. And it's always, he's considered a personal failing until he was able to accept it and move on. And accept it as part of their quote unquote bromance, uh, which I'm sure yeah. some there's got to be like a like a classification of shippers out there that really went crazy for that one. Definitely, it is interesting that he that Crowley kind of brings this up because obviously it's super obvious that he doesn't want to kill Dean. Um, but him just saying that it was disturbing when he realized this about himself, when he realized that he couldn't just bring himself to so easily kill Dean. Um, I I don't know. I think that that kind of reflection for Crowley. Even though I wanted to see more of evil Crowley, and we have gotten a little bit of that recently, um, this still kind of makes sense for me. Yeah. There is still a part of Crowley that, despite being the king of hell, is, to his chagrin, is human. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I, I like the fact that this is talked about, like because this mm-hmm. is a this is a thing from the show. This could very easily slip into meta commentary, right? Like this definitely. is this is this is definitely the sh- something that the show has to do is be unwilling to kill its two, one of its two leads, and arguably it's the best actor. But it's <clears throat> excuse me. Um, but instead, like you get this conversation of him having had character progression that we never saw of saying like, Oh, I was questioning myself and I had to come to this realization. But like today, after you have so thoroughly involved yourself with my plans, I am going to murder you. Uh, and that yeah. is when Amara hits him on the head with, I guess a post, like, I don't know what Something. the fuck lays around yeah. in these rooms. Um, and then she shoves him and, um, or no, she grabs his hand that has the demon knife and bends it backwards. Like and breaks yeah. his, it looks like breaks his wrist and then slams him against gnarly. the wall. This is where more of that weird industrial music starts playing that I feel yes, very strange yes. about. Uh, she basically just dismantles Crowley, which is uh, pretty crazy. Um, Back to Castiel, he's still just beating the shit out of yep. Metatron. Um, Metatron is still doing like the psychoanalysis thing and he's just getting the shit beat out of him. Not, yeah. not working at all. Amara is saying that she doesn't need Crowley anymore. His she doesn't need his protection and or his captivity anymore. Um, <laughs> we get a brief, beautiful glimpse of Sam doing karate with demons in the hallway. Um, this there's is- a there's a moment with here where Sam looks down the hallway, sees two demons, and puts his knife up, and then goes and, and like rushes at them. Like he has a knife in his hand, and then like he puts it behind his belt and like goes to rush at the demons. I guess because he doesn't want to kill them. Yeah, because he's big kick Sam, dude. He's like, I don't need no knife. I got these kicks <laughs> and these fists, and he just I cut deals with, my with feet. it. It is. It's. It, this scene is sort of very impractical because demons can toss them around like no big deal. But but here they're just doing karate. And Sam is like, because he's like a big, strong specimen who's stronger than the host bodies of these demons. He's just beating them all up and then arresting them, essentially. One of them he is forced to kill. He's yes. forced to kill one, but the other two he's able to capture. And he's like, hey, two out of three, that's not too bad. Um, and it's weird you know, because I, the the one that he's trying that he tries to handcuff like gets loose and like is like oh are you trying to do a no kill thing and I'm like is this a video game reference like, is this, this is like a no kill run no kill run I'm trying to get that big boss ranking you know what I'm I need saying? to get my pacifist trophy in this in yeah, this video game when I get game? to the boss battle with the sorrow I want there to be no ghosts and Sam's like all right one ghost I'll do one ghost it's fine. Yeah. Um, eventually he has to kill that dude and he's able to disable the other two. And then like walks off and says two out of three ain't bad. Still doesn't exercise them though. Just disables them, which I yes. find really weird. Yes. Um, 
It's, also, yeah. we we should uh, we should we should note that there's like in this scene, and I thought this was actually really clever. Um, there's a lot of quick cuts from Sam beating up these demons to Castiel beating up Marv. Oh yeah, and yeah. Marv like begging for for, to, for shit. I'm gonna get my names confused. Begging Cas to take his life, essentially kill me, kill me, please. And both Castiel and Sam kind of getting into that red zone and almost about to let loose like sam was about to kill one of the other other demons and then you know castiel like pulls back blood on his knuckles and like is about to just keep beating marv before they both kind of back off and have that moment of no i'm not going to do this i'm better than yeah. this i uh i yeah it's it's something that sometimes we miss stuff like this when we're taking note i mean i do um but it's a, it is a great it is a great moment it's something i would have probably forgotten about if you hadn't um mentioned it the way that they edit all that together, it just it's really building the violence to a point where you want them to stop. Yeah. Um, we love seeing Sam do karate against demons. We love seeing Metatron get his ass kicked. But it they take it to a place where you do want them to stop. And, it, and it's very effective showing those flashing images back and forth between them. Exactly. Um, yeah. And they stop. They both stop. Uh, Amara, um, excuse me, uh, Amara is about to kill Crowley. And then Sam slams against the door, um, having disabled these other two demons. Amara very quickly pins Dean back to the wall. Um, and Sam starts collapsing and he starts having these visions again. And mm-hmm. he's kind of looking up into the sky when it flashes over to, back to Amara, who gives Crowley the chance to go back to hell and lick his wounds as long as he agrees to let Dean go free. And yeah. when she says this, Dean like looks up and is like, what the fuck? Like, I came here to kill you, but you're letting me go. That doesn't make any sense. And uh, um, Crowley yeah, agrees. It's, yeah, it's a, it's a weird situation. Um, back over to, and I want to talk about Sam's visions, but we can talk about that at the end. Was it? I couldn't. Um, I didn't write. No, I there's was, some here, and then there's some more at the end of the episode. Okay, because um, it's the the big reveal is at the end of the episode, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, is but it? this is where I mean, I really, yeah, it is. It, I started thinking about what you said uh, when John, young John Winchester, appeared to to Sam, um, and I don't know if that is a spoiler, and I don't want you to tell me if it is. Um, but the idea of Lucifer reaching out to Sam again, which seems pretty obvious now, if you ask me again, I don't know. Um, the idea of Sam reaching out or Lucifer reaching out to Sam is such a, a cool thing. And I, and I don't think that they need to retread all of their villains all the time. Uh, and I wish that it, if I, I, I think I do know some things and I don't know if it's related to this. I don't need them to bring Lucifer back. I don't need them to bring any of the actors back. Um, but I love the idea of that evil cosmic entity reaching out to Sam Winchester because the darkness is here and it's this big thing that they're enemy enemy of them all essentially mm-hmm. um it's and appearing to him as John Winchester is so creepy and great and I I hope that that's true but yeah don't tell me anything else so back to Dean and Amara uh Dean picks up the demon knife and Amara, Amara basically says like hey yeah you, you're not going to do that you, you can't even do that and then we uh, switch back over to Marv and Castiel and at this point Castiel is like I thought you said you were happy and now you're asking me to kill you and and Marv says it was all a lie like he he can't take being human anymore it's he I think the line I wrote down was the indignities they don't stop making my rent getting my phone charged hemorrhoids uh-huh. because fucking Marv has to be gross in every single mm-hmm. sentence mm-hmm. Um, but this is you know it's curious to me 
and I guess it's because he was an angel and now he's actually trapped as a human. But like when we met Metatron at the beginning, he was just like living in this room. This weird Indian cult was just giving him Amazon boxes every once in a while. <laughs> he was a real, yeah. like, if you think about it, like his origin story is pretty strange on this show to now where he's, it's a, he, he was so fascinated with human existence and, and the books and everything. And now all of that has been kind of burned out of him now that he's an actual human. And he's basically stealing, he's living in a, like sleeping in a bed bug infested bed. What in what must be a super shitty apartment? He's working this job that where he steals and doesn't help people, and he's just a shitbag. And like the turn from that, I think is is really great. And the fact that he is what I would consider spiritually sick at this point, like he's lost mm-hmm. all faith in mm-hmm. everything, including himself. And then Castiel is like, "Yeah, I'm I I'm sick of having my strings pulled, which is why I'm not going to give you the easy out. I'm not going to kill you." Um, and that's he basically essentially lets Marv go at that point. Yeah, uh, what a surprise. Castiel lets Metatron go again. Oh, no, wait, wait, wait. He he does ask what the darkness is at this point oh, yeah. and, and actually and gets information. Yeah, yeah. I so. don't know when he says it exactly in my notes, but um, he reveals that, what, this was this was God's equal, his only kin, um, and, and in order to create the world, in order to bring about creation, all of it, God had to give up the only thing he'd ever known his only kin and uh, the darkness we learned was his sister. And we are flipping from this scene back to Amara and Dean pretty rapidly as Amara is telling Dean, um, or she, I think she starts with asking like, what's happening between us? What is this thing between us? She says that. And then she's like, you can't, like you won't hurt me. You can't. Um, And yeah, there's, there's, they're building this, this very weird tension between them and it's very disturbing. Um, She's also saying how she's here to settle a score, an old score, the oldest score. Um, uh, she watches, oh, yeah, she watches Dean lift up the demon knife as if he's going to strike her, and then he doesn't do anything, and she's like, see, I told you, like, I know you couldn't do it, uh, and now Sam slams in the door, yes, um, and this is when Amara is forced to, to toss them both, Mm -hmm. uh, and, like, hold them pinned, and I can't remember when her... In oh yeah, so maybe we did skip over a little bit. Like, we, yeah, the I, weird. I, I was gonna let us. I was gonna make us go back to this because there's a. Yeah, there's my a notes scene. are a little bit jumbled because the scenes cut back between each other. But man, the uh, the the scene between Amar and Dean, huh? Yeah, it's um. So like the at this point, you know, Dean's like 35. Like the actor mm-hmm. that plays Dean is 35. Um, this is very much what looks to be like a 16 or 17 year old girl or like mm-hmm. an 18 or 19 year old girl who is made to look young with makeup and and the way she dresses and things and she's acting and I believe she's been directed to act like they have a romantic relationship. Yeah. Like they are, she says like what's happening between us. And she's like biting her bottom lip and being very mm-hmm. flirty. And it's very intentional. It's not a mistake. Yeah. Um, and it's, and it's, and she's telling Dean, like you were the first person that I saw after I was away for so long. The and, first of God's creation. Yeah. And you represent like- the sweet triumph and even sweet folly of what he's wrought and says mm-hmm. that she's fascinated with him. And I'm kind of like that idea that your brother sacrificed you basically to create this thing, which you have never been able to see. And then you were awoken. And the first thing you see is fucking Jensen Ackles and you immediately fall in love with him. Like it's very dear, near and dear to my heart. Like, I feel like if I was in a coma for 20 years and Jensen woke me up somehow, <laughs> I don't know what the situation with a series of events that leads to that particular <laughs> malfunction. And I like woke up, I'd be like, Oh, I I'm in love with you now. I hope you're not married. So yeah, obviously the way that the scene plays is very creepy. And I use the word disturbing and I think it is intentionally disturbing. 
I guess part of it is because Amara has met him as an adult, but that's not what we're seeing here. What we're seeing is, um, yeah, it's it's her trying to sort of like navigate this relationship. Thankfully, Jensen plays it straight. Dean plays it straight. There is no, um, like, there's, there's no return. He he no doesn't goofy shrugs or like yeah, yeah, come yeah, on, yeah. like nothing. Dean is silent, just looking at her like he 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 can't believe like what is happening. Not because it's uh there's some sexuality here or anything like that. That's like God, that's so beyond. And I think, I think Dean is as disturbed by it certainly as the viewer is. Um, and I think I said this to you via text. Like it, it's disturbing, and it works. It just might be a little bit too different for the vibe that Supernatural goes for. So it kind of stands out as feeling really weird. Not that it 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 shouldn't fit in well with like a horror movie or you know a horror story. That that is fine. Um, but yeah, it's it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, and the like. There is like some there. There is just a note of uncomfortability in it. I think they are like you said. I think it's very intentional that them playing on this young, old, you know, January November kind of relationship that we have here is is intentional. Like I think they are using that not only against the viewer but also against Dean and to some, to some degree of making him uncomfortable to even be in this situation. Yeah. And and the actress the the actress that plays the girl is actually very good at this. Like she's mm-hmm. I think she does it really well and she's being not over the top flirty. Like she's not like giggling or anything, but she's like reaching out to softly touch his face and things like that. I um I think like when I look at stuff like this, I since it's not being used for um entertainment value to a degree. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not being exploited. Like I don't really have it's as much of a problem fan with service. It's not fan service. Like uh-huh. there's never, like you said, that there's no jokey return from 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 Dean of being like I get that from chicks all the time or something like that. Or you know, Sam making fun of him for being for robbing the cradle or anything like that. Like I'm glad that none of that has happened. And he doesn't uh, say Dean, check her ID. <laughs> and it's episode six of a 23 episode season, so like we have time for those jokes to happen. But I don't necessarily really have a, much of a problem with this, other than just like. It's just weird that they force actors of this much of an age difference into these situations. Cause I'm sure like if it was me and someone was like, yeah, you need to like, you know, make out with this 19 year old, I'd be super fucking uncomfortable with it. And luckily none of that happens. Like you don't no, we don't, none of none, nothing right. like that happens, but yeah. And I'm sure that Amara is going to continue to age and then it will be uh, totally fine. Yeah. Totally it'll fine. look, it'll be to the, to the viewer more appropriate, but maybe establishing it here reminds us that mm-hmm. it's, unsettling it's uncomfortable it's wrong um because when we see two adults later it's going to be way easier as viewers to go this is fine this reads this is okay um so maybe establishing it here with with in this lolita kind of situation is the right way to go about it yeah um so yeah at this point sam barges in she knocks them both unconscious uh and then leaves uh, we go back to the bunker where dean is questioning castiel on letting metatron go and castiel's like look Marv is not a threat. I beat the shit out of him, and I can barely like change the channel on my own yeah. on my own will right now. Um, and also, like all of the angels in heaven knows where he is now, which seems a little suspicious to me because, like, mm-hmm. why wouldn't angels just scoop him up and put him in jail? But whatever, I'm not gonna. Who cares? Um, but he says he's not a threat, and he got all the information out of him. And then he says, yeah. "Well, you know, you were with Amara." You were close to Amara. How did Amara get away? Sims <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> really giving him that sus, that sus eye. Um, but yeah, they kind of, they're just like, whatever this I- intense music starts to play. Sam is like, I'm going to go look at some lore, I guess. Um, and then now he has another flashback. He has another vision. And this time as the viewer, we can clearly see 
that what Sam is envisioning is himself in Lucifer's cage. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it anymore. Yes, and I think this is actually the first time we've ever seen Lucifer's cage. And yeah, like, we didn't see it uh, after season five mm-mm. or anything like that. I think we had seen some flashes to Sam sort of like burning in hell or, or something like that, yes. but nothing, mm-hmm. uh, nothing of this nature. The only time we've ever really seen a like, metaphysical version of hell is um, season three, the ending, when, yeah. when Dean gets taken there and he's in the chains. Um, and to describe this, like, not only are we seeing like, hands coming through what look like a cage like, very, very close and obviously trying to like, break through, uh, the camera zooms out and we actually see this like, Hellraiser-looking cube cage yeah. uh, floating in this void with lightning flashing all around it and these huge chains kind of holding it in place with nothing around it. Um, very cool. Very cool. Is it metal, Chris? Is it, is it metal? It's, oh, that, that, yeah. No question. That's metal. That's for it's sure metal. metal. Um, super, super cool. And yeah, like this is, um, when I mentioned the thing with Lucifer the other day, uh, I, I, I don't, I'm kind of like you, I definitely know things that happen. I don't necessarily know how they play out. So I don't necessarily know that this is 100% Lucifer, but like, I'm looking at this and going like, yeah, this has to be Lucifer at this point. Like if it's, if it's not, it's what Michael and that doesn't make any sense. So, okay. Yeah, I guess because Michael would be reaching out to to Dean, I would assume. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's cool. It, 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 interesting implications. Um, and I would have thought that would be the ep- end of the episode, but we get one last final like <laughs> and, uh, slow-mo walking down the street shot of, of Amara uh, just on a busy street. She's out in the world now. She could be feeding on anybody. We don't know. Um, and there's inter intersliced with uh, cuts of, of Crowley in hell. He's looking all bummed out because his daughter hates him. Um, his daughter doesn't want to be his daughter because she's not his daughter. Uh, and then we just see Dean, you know, drinking whiskey and just just dealing with just dealing with shit <laughs> just dealing with dean right just kind of dealing with yeah just dealing with happened. dean um and this is all set to this montage is set to girl you'll be a woman soon which like like please no <laughs> like stop no. being creepy everybody. we don't need that we really don't yeah. need that especially after the scene that you like really brushed up against some super creepy shit uh it's it's it just was uncomfortable um, and yeah, this is, this is fine for the most part, but like it, I would have really hoped that they were going to do was, uh, like have Amara walking through the crowd and then appear as an older version of Amara, like instantly, like that yeah, would have been very cool. Like a cut, yeah. like where somebody walks in front of her and then exactly. Yeah. Like, that thing. Perfect cut. Yeah. That, that would have been very cool. That would have been very cool. <clears throat> um, but yeah, no. So, so Tina Mars is out in the world and anything could happen. Yep. Uh, so yeah, really good episode. Like, I think it's a solid, um, yeah, for sure. It's, it's not a monster Sam of the did week. Karate. I mean, I'm so I'm done. I'm good. Sam, Sam did karate. That's true. That's <laughs> a th- that is a thing that happened is Sam uh-huh. did karate, uh, which is, you know, fun. Sam's always doing karate sometimes. Yeah. It's, it's always fun. Um, overall, I think this is, this is a really interesting direction for a sixth episode of, of, of a season to, to do right. Like this is it's, strong yeah. into, like this, they they have shit to do after this, right? Like they, I guess they don't. Like I was thinking that they had shit to do, but like re- probably next week it's just going to be a monster of the week because they don't know where Amara is or yeah, Crowley's back she's in, in hell. the wind now, so they don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And Castiel uh, will just be not in it again for some reason. Of course, that's a hundred percent. They're uh, just going to be back in Fall River. <laughs> like, I'm just- I'm actually looking at the uh, the the one line tease that I always do at the end of the episode now, yeah. and yeah, yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Um, any last thoughts about this episode, Chris? Oh, pretty good, pretty good. Um, it explored some interesting avenues. It kind of wrapped up some loose ends. We got the tablet back. I wonder if that was an executive decision somewhere. Like, hey, we're not really going to explore that. Um, 
we don't have time to explore that storyline very much so let's let's just go and get the tablet let's just yeah. have, it, have it and it gives them like it gives them a uh like something some, something in their back in their back pocket of like oh right. now we get to get got to get rid of hell so they have the demon tablet and we can find a prophet and translate all the stuff and be done with it exactly yeah um i like this one a whole lot so uh, mm-hmm. i'm uh I'm, I'm i'm on team supernatural is good right now we'll see how that yep. lasts throughout the rest of the season yeah but only takes one and then i'm like mm, i don't know and, man. and then you're like let's <laughs> stop the podcast do anything else quit, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh thank you everybody for listening we very much appreciate yeah, thanks, it guys. uh we, we continue to get a lot of comments and um feedback from everybody and it's been so so good so thank you so much for everybody that writes in yeah, and three years in it seems like people are, are more responsive than ever so yeah you know, which is which is always. nice uh hearing that people are like continuing to binge this this podcast is crazy to me i can't imagine listening to my voice for like 60 hours in a row Seriously. but people seem to love it uh thank you very much like that that's very humbling and, and we appreciate awesome. it yeah thank you to everybody over at patreon.com slash monster of the week for donating a couple bucks a month uh, i mentioned at the top of the show but they get all kinds of cool benefits like exclusive big podcast and access to our discord server you can buy merch uh at, we have a bunch of t-shirts and stickers and coffee mugs and things in our merch store which you can find a link to at monster of the and um yeah check out our emoji podcast thinking face that gets weird we're in we're in the middle of like heart quarter and it's just yeah. weird that's just strange i was recording um i guessed it on a podcast recently which i'll plug when it's out um but i was they asked me at the end of the podcast like hey what like what do you do like what do you tell us tell us where you can be found on the internet and i described monster of the week and days of future cast and i got to thinking face and i described it and they, and they basically stopped the show and were like wait what and i was like yeah i know <laughs> and like it's because i like to tease that it gets into a weird horror place now because it's been so long since it's happened i don't feel like it's like a weird spoiler or anything but right. uh yeah they literally stopped it so we're like, i didn't know that i'm gonna have to go check that out i'm like yeah <laughs> it's a fun time for everybody yeah so. it's not what people expect Check out all of that stuff out, uh, and we'll be back next week covering an episode that is teased by saying Sheriff Donna returns. Oh, boy. See you next week, everybody. Yeah, Sam. <laughs> uh, Fun times. Good stuff. Locking it in. I'm hungry. I bet you're starving. Mr. 7 o'clock used to eating at 530. Oh, I know. I'm just like, I'm a little boy. I'm a little boy lost. Go, uh, Who's that poem by? Tell me who that poem by. Thomas something. Well... Oh no! Now you're now you're on the FBI. <laughs> yeah, my phone just started ringing as soon as that happened. Um, oh, it's William Blake. Yeah. Amber Alert! Oh my God, that's, that's not even a joke. That's weird. I'm straight up getting an Amber Alert right now. Oh fuck, Chris! That's my my. I just got fucking chills, dude. That's uh, fucking weird. It's not that near me, but holy shit, that is so fucking creepy. I'm not recording right now, but I assume you still have my audio because that is. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Why do so many creepy things happen? I don't know, Chris. It's almost like I'm a ghost that's haunting you. What if you found out I was. Anyway, the poem is by William Blake. What if you found out I was um, dead? Like, and I was still podcasting. I, with you, you know, at this point, I wouldn't even be surprised. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I mean, I'd be sad, but I wouldn't be surprised. Wow. Oh, wow. I've been I've been recording with a ghost. Yeah. That checks. Yeah, out. yeah, sure, sure, sure. This is my whole life has kind of been leading up to this moment. I get it. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, this this totally makes sense. Um, did I tell you? Wow. Did you watch the new Twilight Zone series? That uh, no, I didn't. Um, who was the guy? Um, not Keegan Michael Peel. Jordan Peele, Keegan-Michael Key, Jordan, Jordan Peele. Peele. Yeah. yeah. Um, he hosted it and I think wrote some of those episodes. But uh, one of the episodes is about a guy who finds a MP3 player on a plane and he loads it up and it starts playing a podcast about the plane crashing. Oh, so, so he has to listen to more episodes to find out more. But it's it's straight up like almost a serial ripoff where they're like teasing the hell out of it. So he's trying to figure mm-hmm, out like mm-hmm. what the fuck is going to happen. And it's, you know, that's funny. typical Twilight Zone stuff. But yeah, I'm still I got fucking chills from that. That was un- that was, it was strange. It didn't, it, I, I thought Jess is calling me because my phone's vibrating. No one else ever calls me. Um, but it was a consistent vibration. It wasn't. A ring like it is with the phone call. Yeah. Boy, that unsettled me. Why? Why with this fucking podcast? It's always something. Go get some food, my dude, and have a good evening. All right. I'll catch you later. Welcome to the dark side. Whoa. Oh, you're quiet. Why are you so quiet, Chris? I'm real far away from my mic. <laughs> Am I louder now? You are louder now. Excellent. What's up, Chris Mosier? I'm chilling. What's up with you? I'm also chilling. Actually, I was playing video games. That's not quite true. I mean, that's kind of chilling. It's kind of chilling. I'm at the end of Blasphemous, and uh, I don't know what has possessed me to do it, but uh, I'm just going backwards through the entire game again for what feels like the third time to look for items. (laughs) That's cool. (laughs) I feel like I'm on the precipice of just 100%ing this game and without really looking a whole lot of stuff up. So I'm just kind of want to do it i got you what about you are you you chilling no i just i walked in and i realized that i didn't have anything to eat so i'll um probably order something when we're done recording Ooh. so i just figured you know what let's just do this thing rather than wait an hour or whatever to get food what do you think you're gonna get into i have no idea i hadn't i thought i was gonna eat some leftover chicken strips you know me and my chicken uh, but I forgot that I ate them last Friday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Chris. Mm. How are you, my man? You been good? I mean, I'm hungry. That's how I am. Do we just not need to do outtakes at all? We've got like a minute, so we could just uh, just get right into the episode. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> no, sorry. Yeah, no, you're, you're, trying, you're trying to generate conversation, and I'm like, how about fuck you? <laughs> how about fuck you? I'm hungry. How about that, Right now, I'm Googling, I was Googling movies to, to use for a podcast art, because mm-hmm. when I started using movies as the theme for this year, I realized that I don't, uh, or this season, I don't know any movies. <laughs> Okay, um, cool. Pretty pretty unfamiliar with uh, cinema as as a whole. Can I should I give you a list of some of my favorite movies and then you can kind of I would love that. Them? I would um, love that. Let's go with Dark City. I think that'd be fun. If you've never Dark, seen What is it? Dark City. Dark City. Okay. I've never heard of this, but I am certainly intrigued by what I see yeah, in, I'm sure. in these Google searches. Okay, all right. <laughs> what else do we got? Um Fifth Element, always a good one. Fifth Element, okay, I do know that. I do know. Um, that. Scott Pilgrim, always a good. All one. right, all right. Um, hmm. Oh, P. you know what would be good? That's kind of a deep cut. 
is uh, sneakers. Sneakers. Mm -hmm. It's an old. Uh, it's an old. I love this movie so much; it's ridiculous. But it's a uh, old hacking movie. It's kind of like a heist movie. I think at least this cover art looks familiar to me. Yeah. <clears throat> wow, what a squad! What a squad, right? <laughs> um, you know, you, you know when I always bring uh, now. I know now. I know the context for this. Uh, whenever Sam does that thing where he's like tied up and he has to hear his way back to where he was, you know what I'm saying? Uh -huh. It's like uh -huh. I went over. There was definitely a river, and then there were train tracks. Like that's lifted directly from sneakers. That's what. That's excellent. Yeah, that's that's excellent. who did that originally. Oh, I could do Breakfast Club just because it's a very. Um... Oh yeah, Breakfast Club is good. For some reason, that was also in the search results when I searched sneakers. <laughs> Weird. Okay. Because um, it's good to have like iconic sure. images to mm -hmm. use. And, you know, not just uh, Vin Diesel and the other guy who died on <laughs> from Fast and Furious. Yep. Into it. What's his name? I should know his name, shouldn't I? Mark Furman? Nope, that's not it. Paul something? Paul something, yeah. <laughs> Paul Wall? Is that it? Is that Paul Walker. There we go. There he is. Okay. Well. Hey, we got it in three. We yeah. went from what'd you, what'd you, what did you say at first? <laughs> I don't even remember Mark Furman. I think that's a political figure or something. I don't even know who Mark Furman Excellent. is. Is he a lawyer Excellent. or something? Or dude, who the uh -oh. fuck is Mark Furman? It might just be a personal acquaintance of yours. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, primarily known for his part of the investigation of the murders of Nicole Brown Simpsons and Ron Goldman in the O.J. Simpson murder case. So okay, okay. <laughs> Thanks, brain. <laughs> <laughs> My sister used to make so many like white Bronco jokes, and I know that was like a cultural mm -hmm. thing, I guess, to joke about. But I didn't know what that was, and it just turns out that my sister, however old she was, um, she, I mean, she was probably younger than ten at the time, was like obsessed with the OJ case, and it explains so much about who she is as a person today. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I don't remember when the OJ thing went down. Um... Let me see what year that was. But like that, everybody was obsessed with the OJ Simpson. Yeah, race. it was big. It was a big deal. Um, um, it was the like 93 or something, 94. I'm looking it up now because I'm curious. Yeah, 94. So I was 14 and like that was the, it was really the first time that everybody just stayed glued, that I remember that people like stayed glued to the news. Like even before that, which yeah. I think it was the like first Iraq war, I remember being like watching <clears throat> the Scud missiles or whatever on TV, but like, the O.J. Simpson trial, not even trial, but the chase and then the sub subsequent trial was just crazy. Yeah. I feel like I've said this on the podcast before, like probably like two years ago, but the one that stuck out to me when I was a kid was the JonBenet case, JonBenet Ramsey, who was a little girl who was killed and they technically still unsolved. Um, but she was like a beauty queen, like a five-year-old beauty queen for whatever reason. And me as a five-year-old boy seeing pictures of this pretty little girl like on magazines and stuff it like it scared me it like sunk into my brain because it was like the first time as a child realizing like kids can get killed mm -hmm. um and i had so many nightmares about her and like i had a nightmare where i like i used to crawl under my dining room table all the time and like play with my toys and i had a um a birthday party where i crawled under the under the dining room table and i like opened up like whatever power ranger thing i got because i was like so soaked i just like i ran away that was a thing i always did but i had a dream of that same birthday party except when i crawled under the dining room table john bade ramsey was there and she was covered in blood and she was trying to speak but no, no sound was coming out of her mouth uh and i mean it's been 25 years since i've had that dream and i still remember it because it was like so scary and like it just it it, it had a profound psychological effect on me seeing somebody 
my age be talked about as a murder victim it's very very tragic very very messed up that's that entire nightmare scenario you, you just described makes me think i should like drop some thinking face like <laughs> spices like, on that some, that's fucking that's scary as hell dude shit. yeah um, oh, yeah i still i will never forget that dream um is it weird is because it, when i go to the supermarket all the time there are still tabloids like on the aisles of supermarkets that are like john benet case facts revealed like and they have yeah, p- so pictures yeah. of her on the covers of magazines and stuff is that does that freak you out when you see that or it's, it sounds yeah uh because i mean obviously i went i've talked a lot about true crime podcasts even though i've listened to every single one of them um but yeah going through like a certain podcast that talk about that always made me weirdly uncomfortable um and then it, whatever like 10 years after it happened when that random dude like confessed to it but turned out he had nothing to do with it at all like that was like i, I really drew me in when i was like 12 or whenever it happened it's just it's a very unsettling thing yeah even to this day seeing those pictures it's just it, it like it makes me uncomfortable and, and i feel like i was the murderer um it's just like it fills me with this this awful sense of something i don't know um it's but weird. yeah i think it was it was just being a little kid seeing the murder of another little kid like talked about all over the news whatever um and the also the other thing that i used to see on tabloids all the time um and the, these would be like national acquirers shit like that um would be like bigfoot and stuff like that so seeing seeing murder of a little kid in uh in a magazine at the supermarket and then also seeing Bigfoot in a magazine at the supermarket, I was like, oh, so Bigfoot's real. And like, he's just out there in the woods, like fucking shit up and nobody <laughs> can stop him. Nobody can catch him. Nobody can get pictures of him because he's just he's just messing stuff up. And then the whatever the Patterson Gimlin, whatever, whatever the, the footage, the famous Bigfoot footage. I saw that on some Discovery Channel show when I was like six and was like, I cannot believe that these, that guy's just out there and I'm expected to just go out and play just out in the wilderness <laughs> knowing that he's out there. Oh, that's so hilarious, man. Like, I, I grew up, I was a little old for the Jean Benet thing. So like when it yeah. happened, I was, I was already done with tabloids at that point in my mm-hmm. life. I was like, oh, this is just gross that they keep talking about it. Like, why do they keep... I, I, why do they, why are they why is this just a constant speculation and why are cameras right, in these people's right. faces yeah niz posted a um a twitter video of uh i guess um jensen ackles and his wife uh making an announcement that they were having a baby or something this uh-huh. was from like back we're back when and like i guess like the original poster was like oh my god look how cute and look how look how young they are or whatever and it's them in front and like must be on some red carpet somewhere and there's just a barrage of photo- photographers around them and the photographers are yelling, put your hand on the belly, hand on the belly, Jensen, hand on the belly, like Ugh. screaming it. And I was just like, it's just the whole tabloid culture is just so gross, which actually, I guess, kind of ties into this this episode that we're about to cover because, yeah, there's a little yeah. bit of that in here. In a way, it does. Um, I mean, I guess that's if, if ever there's a segue, maybe we should just we should just pile drive right into it. Let's do it, man. I know you're starving, and uh, I can't wait to talk about Nightcrawler, a.k.a. Marv. Yes, I wrote the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I Actually, I looked it up to see if Nightcrawler had come out already. I was like, yep, that's about a year yeah, must, beforehand. Yeah. Yep, that's about the right time frame to get this whole situation in there. So, good job, I, Supernatural. I think I remember that being a pretty good movie, and uh, Jess likes Jake Gyllenhaal. Mm-hmm. Um, so, every once in a while, we'll, like, we'll pass that on Netflix. I'm like, oh, should we watch Nightcrawler? She's never seen it. I, th- I remember it being a good movie, but I don't know. I don't know. I it's I think it's a really good movie. Like it's uh it's a little intense because it's you know kind of ultra violent. But uh, Jake yeah. is great in it. Uh, yeah, can't go wrong with uh, Spider Man Far From Home either. Like that's a great Jake Gyllenhaal role. 
Oh yeah, I forgot that he was in that. Yeah, yeah, uh, and it's and it's sad because you know Peter Parker is sad that his his boy died. So R. Yeah, R. Well, Peter, you should have done better. <laughs> Spoil- spoilers for Avengers Endgame. I guess it's you guys okay. need to watch pop culture stuff. I, st- <laughs> I started watching um, Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. Um, I stopped before he got his haircut. I'm not sure I'm ready to <laughs> move forward. The hammer I can deal with. The hair I don't know. <laughs> Dude, the the hair is awesome though. The, the, his new haircut and that he goes right back to a different haircut after this movie. So after that, movie, I've so. seen quote unquote Fat Thor, yeah. and I think he's excellent. If I'm being honest, it's um it's a weird thing because I think Fat Thor is a number one like I, like it. It's such a problematic thing to talk about. Oh, because, definitely. Because because definitely. they turned like they made a joke, and the joke is, what if this beautiful man got like fat, and isn't that funny? Like to the point where there's a scene in a movie where like even his mom is like, you need to watch what you eat, and I'm like, y'all come. Like it's a shame. Like I'd it, argue, I'd argue he's just as hot, if not hotter. If you ask me, the dad bod is in. I just wish that something. they had they had taken the the logical conclusion like he's having PTSD from everything that right. he had and then like right. taking that to the conclusion and had people be supportive of it and not oh look it's Fat Thor and it's yeah. so interesting do uh you ever heard of the Dragonlance books they were like early D and D novelizations um mm-hmm. they're not the the greatest books but they're kind of classic for their genre um and the first trilogy. It's about the adventurers. It's the, you know, it's the D&D party goes and does their thing. One of the characters is just, they're constantly talking about his rippling muscles and how this guy's just, he's gigantic. <laughs> he's out of control. And then the second trilogy takes place a few years later and it, it starts off with that dude. And as I was like 12 reading this and all of his muscles have, have basically fallen away. He's gained a ton of weight. He's miserable. He's angry. And as a kid reading that, I was like, oh man, like there goes, there goes your hero, like watching somebody like collapse. But like then thinking back on it later and being like that that's a way more realistic way of handling his PTSD essentially. His brother goes out on to be like an evil dark wizard because of all the shit that they fucked with when they were on their high grand adventure and their friends died and shit. And he's just like he goes back to his hometown and he can't be that big strongman anymore. And it's just like it's fucking with him because he's seen too much. Um, and yeah, thinking back on it now, I'm like, oh wow, that was like a kind of a deft way to de- deal with the fall of your heroes was just simple like that like those muscles have faded and now he's uh and it's never a joke it's not they're not making fat jokes at him it's just like him becoming a different version of himself trying to deal with with everything that they've been through yeah that's um believe it or not like uh iron man 3 deals with some of this too like uh, iron man 3 takes place after the event after the events of the first avengers movie i don't think i've seen iron man 3 it's like it's not None of the, uh, I've seen the first two. I know that the uh, second, the second one is arguably like the, probably the worst movie in the MCU. Even though it introduces mm-hmm. uh, the Black Widow as like a full functional character, like we get mm-hmm. like a, an introduction scene from her. But the uh, the third one is Tony dealing with the fallout of like almost dying from him preventing this from like shoving a nuclear bomb into a terror right. in reality or whatever, and having like literal like visions and flashbacks and and like freaking the fuck out and kind of and and having to come to terms with that and and like figure like castiel out in this episode. a lot like castiel in this episode i was i was i was running to that point um, are there uh are there four or five avengers movies i've seen avengers and i've seen um age of ultron and then mm-hmm. there's what civil war and then endgame is there one in between so civil war is actually a captain america movie that's that's the confusing oh, okay. part it's so it's yeah yeah okay. so it's okay. even though like 
every single Avenger is in Civil War. Like it's it's not a Captain America movie. I mean, it's when about Civil Captain War, America. But it's, when Civil War was coming out, that was the closest I ever got. I think to actually like diving head on and get into reading like comic books because I would hear people talk about Civil War, and I was like, that sounds so cool. That there's all these individual issues and stuff leading up to this one thing. Yeah. Um. And it was still too much for me to follow because going from zero to that is is kind of a lot. Um, but well, the idea of it always sounded really cool. The uh the, the main issue, um, no pun intended, is that like trying to follow the crossover events in the comics is always really frustrating. Mm-hmm. Like either you get the thing where you have to follow a checklist and like literally go through it yeah. order by order, and even that will leave out like side stuff, which is sometimes some of the best parts of a crossover. Um, or the thing will happen where like you're really enjoying this comic book. Let's say it's Wolverine and the X Men. And then like there's 10 really solid issues and it's like kind of the self-contained story and you're really getting into the characters. And then, Oh, there's three issues of Avengers versus X-Men nonsense you have to deal with. Yeah, and then, yeah. and then you're right back four issues later into where you were. And it's just really fucking weird and bizarre. And so, yeah, comic books are still hard to, follow. I mean, I started reading the star Wars ones, like the new, the newest ones, yeah. just, just to be like, let's get a cutoff date and let's go forward and do what we can. And it's still like, there's three different series called Darth Vader. I think there's a fourth series <laughs> called just Darth Vader. And obviously you pay attention to the author, but that's mm-hmm. still, it's like a little bit confusing, uh, especially if you're not familiar already with any of these names. And then there's just Star Wars. There's Star Wars one, two, and three, um, just called Star Wars. And those are, I mean, and even those are, are compilations or collections, like hardcover ones that I have, um, that those, those three take place between a new hope and empire strikes back. Okay. I got that. But then Star Wars volume one is coming out again. And that's just a difference. That's different now. That takes place after Empire Strikes Back. Like, dude, can we not? Like, can we give a subtitle somewhere, please? <laughs> Comic books are dumb about the shit like that, man. Like, at I mean, least the one thing I'll say about manga is that it's just Naruto Volume One, Naruto I'll, Volume Seventy. It's I, like I, you I just will, follow the numbers. <laughs> I will bet you that like a solid four or five of our listeners right now are like, "But Chris, what about such and such and such and such and such and such?" Like that, that I'm doesn't not reading do that. Kakashi's backstory. No one cares. <laughs> about that um to answer your question there there are four avengers movies though okay so there's okay. avengers one and then there's age of ultron and there's infinity war not to be infinity confused war. with the civil war and then there's Endgame. so okay yeah well i mean maybe i'll watch them at some point get the most out of this disney plus um i know i keep saying that but hey i started thor so yeah thor ragnarok is is like top three yeah. mcu movies like because uh, steve loves it and he's always like dude watch it please just watch it it's really funny. Like, I think that's the that's the thing that is mm-hmm. people that did not really expect from that movie is that it's fucking hilarious. Like, and it, it does some really interesting things. It's very similar to, uh, is it Rain or Rian Johnson from from the Star Wars franchise Ryan. recently? It's, it's Ryan. Ryan. Okay, so Ryan Johnson's Ryan. take on, like, Star Wars, which, like, took down some of the stuff that Star Wars had been built up to it and, like, kind of uh-huh. dissembled it. Uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? The... Um, where he takes deconstruct? A, deconstruct. Like, it deconstructed a lot of the stuff about Star yeah. Wars. Like... Uh, Ragnarok does that as well, and then a lot of it is immediately retconned in the next main movie. So, right, <laughs> like, right. yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah, even some of just like the physical comedy when he's in Doctor Strange's mansion and they keep like warping all around the mansion. Yeah, and first Thor like slams into a bookcase because he's like, "Whoa, what the fuck was that?" And then the third one where he just like he's just falling down the stairs. It's really simple, like stupid comedy. But I was like, "Oh, this is this is funny. This is great." And I've seen, I mean, I've I've seen enough of them to to know the idea of the character and i feel like you wouldn't even really need to see any of the other ones to just kind of get okay loki's his brother they're kind of enemies sometimes matt yeah. damon's in this for some reason and um 
Go. Because Matt, Matt, David, Matt David is in Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> he, plays, he plays Loki. It's, uh, when, when Loki is pretending to be Odin at the beginning of the movie, oh, yeah, he's having yeah. a, a play. I just was, I was like, is that fucking Matt Damon playing Loki? The guy, <laughs> the guy playing Thor in that play is, I think, Chris Hemsworth's brother. Like, he's the worst. He's, he's like oh, the not as good Liam looking Liam Hemsworth Hems- or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I can't That's remember so who Loki funny. is. Loki is someone famous, too. I can't remember. He's who Matt who Damon. I'm not kidding. <laughs> Oh, I thought uh, Loki is Matt Damon. I thought Matt Damon yes! was Odin for some reason. Oh no, Lo- no, Loki is Odin. Never mind. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Now I'm now I'm now I'm with you. From yeah. the Born Identity, remember? I don't know. I'm not really sure, Matt. Uh, <laughs> let's do talk about Supernatural. Let's do it. <laughs> God, please tell me I've been recording. Yes, I have. <laughs>